So let's talk about this, living the limitless life part two. If we can just go to that first slide real quick. Um, here's what I'm trying to, to get you to understand is, uh, this is a little bit challenging for some of you too, but some of you guys know, like I shared last week, is when I'm hearing all these guys, all these theologians, Brad and Baxter and Paul and all these guys, and they kept talking about dualism, I couldn't get it. I was like, dude, what is this dualism thing you're talking about? And I'm kind of like, I'm from Iowa, speak slowly. You know, it's like dualism. I how many guys walk around and go, oh, that's Gnostic dualism? We just don't talk that way. At least I don't. It, it, I'm, to me, I'm just, I'm not. It's like uh, uh, really what I'm going, are you hungry? That's, 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 that's how deep some of my, our conversations are. Like, let's go to O'Malley's and have some wings. So uh, um, how many guys like O'Malley's? I love O'Malley's. O'Malley's got some good wings. So anyway, um, Dualism means there's not good and evil in God's eyes. He doesn't think like that. You know, there were two trees which represented two men. And he said, One's gonna, one tree, all there is is life, which is obviously Jesus and what he represents, and we're in him and he's in us. And the other tree is if you partake of a certain kind of knowledge, what's going to happen? You're going to die. It says if you, it, there's a way that looks good unto man, but at the end it leads to death. So we are so conditioned to believe good and evil. There's good and evil. There's good and evil. And then God clearly, I can show you scripture after scripture now. It's like jumping off the page at me that, no, there's one spirit. There's a, if your eye be single, there's never been, I've created all things good. It's we believe there was good and evil. And if we did the right thing, then God blesses us. If we don't, then he doesn't bless us. Nothing could be further from the truth. He goes, I bless, I'm love, I'm light. And that's all I am. And so we can, that's why he tells us all the time, focus on these things, things that are lovely, pure, etc. He never tells us to fight evil. Isn't that interesting? In fact, James 1, if you read it, it says, hey, uh, I was reading that today and I thought about adding it to this, but it would get too long. So, um, but James 1, you'll be familiar with the scripture where it says, hey, don't ever say God tempts anybody because God could never tempt you. And then he says this, he says, it's your own desires that cause all the nonsense. And here's a thought piece for you. Well, if it's our own desires, where does the devil fit? Interesting, huh? If he's the source of all evil, he tempted everybody. Who tempted him? You get the singleness? It radically changes everything. They'll be like, wow, God's good. And he's only been good. It's our own darkness that's causing all the nonsense. That makes sense? Now we can talk about the theology and all this, etc. But I would just tell you this is um, we don't deal with them in our family. It's not uh, whether you believe it's the fallen angel or whether you don't. It's, uh, what, what Jesus is clearly trying to show you is you don't even have to deal with it. It's a non entity to him, it doesn't even exist to him. It's under your feet. And all he is is good and he's light and he's love, and that's all you should focus on because out of the abundance of the heart, it's going to create. So that's what I'm trying to show you is I think we're so fearfully and wonderfully made. We, we underestimate what our heart can produce, whether it's good or bad. But God's only good, and he's good in every way. And to me, that's comforting to know because uh, I was just with a friend of mine again this last week, and he was like, you know what? If Jesus killed his son, if God killed Jesus, his son, because he was angry about behavior, which is most of what was taught, what makes me think uh, he wouldn't do it to me? You can never truly rest and you can never truly go, I can trust this God, if we have that nagging belief in the back that somehow if God's omniscient, we've all heard that, right? God knows everything from the end of the beginning. Do we, have we heard that? Is, do we believe that? Yeah, of course, he's God, right? So um, 
And this is what the world struggles with. If he knew, Matt and I were talking about this last week, if he knew that he was going to create billions and billions of people, and let's say I wasn't going to make the decision for Christ, that I was going to be eternally tormented in torture for the rest of my life, why would he ever create me? If, if he knew I was going to end up there. Now, how we've always taught it in the past, well, he doesn't send anybody there. You send yourself there. But here's what I, here's what I would share is like, the world can't accept that for a good reason is because our heart can't accept that. It's like, if God's good, he has no way he would do it. And I would propose to you, God is good, and he didn't do that. That's not who he is. And that's not, what's, that's not the end. If, if you go to the very end of the book of Revelation, it says, the gates will always be open, and the spirit and the bride say, come on in, older brother, anytime you want. Stop trying to work for everything you have. It's free gift, and you'll experience what you believe. Does that make sense? So now here's what's cool. Is, um, and some of you guys, with Brad, when he was at our house, his theme was, you can't make stuff up, right? And so we were in the, in the car. <laughs> I just love it, because it's like, thank you, Jesus. They, these guys speak like me sometimes. And so, um, so he gets in the car, and, and what he means by that is he, we were cruising down the road, and he goes, you know, I'm tired of Christians just making blank up, farm excrement, right? And uh, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, can I say that? I said, bro, you can say that all day to me, because you know what? Uh, I've been around a long, really strong Christian men, and something happens, they hit their finger or something, and then what's in their heart comes out. So uh, it happens every now and then. You know, and it's the elders. It's fa- fascinating. They're typically the most angry. <laughs> they are. It's really pretty wild when you get around them. All you have to do is touch it. Like, touch that thing. Oh. Anyway, I'll get off that. So, um, oh, it's fun to stir some stuff up every now and then, though. Because uh, Jesus stirred some stuff up, did he not? You think if we're stirring stuff up, think about him. Where their whole life, they followed all these religious ceremonies. You could only walk this far on Saturdays, and you couldn't eat this, and you couldn't drink this. Then Jesus shows up. goes, guess what? You didn't have to do any of it ever. That's radical, is it not? And they're going, okay, so we got to trust this guy? And uh, then they think he's going to be the conquering Messiah, and he dies. Like, trust him? Yep. Fascinating, isn't it? So anyway, what I'm trying to get you to believe is, hey, think it's... What you really think on most of the time is what we experience a lot. So, and I fall into the same trap all the time where I'm, I'm trying to think on good things, etc. But here's what I, if you really want to make this simple, we'll go through some scriptures, but if you really want to make this simple, God describes himself as a couple of things. He, he describes himself as love, doesn't he? And he describes himself as light, which now quantum physics comes in, right? E equals MC squared. It's energy and mass times the speed of light squared. It's fascinating to me. Um, so if we believe on different things, it has a different frequency and wavelength, so it creates a different mass. It creates different physical things. And if you, if you slow down things, or if you go to the speed of light, you realize that it's present. It's, I know it's trippy, but, um, but my point is if he's love, he's light, and he's a consuming fire, he, he burns up all the chaff, and he leaves nothing but silver and gold. So he's a purifier, his, and his love is what's a, the purifier. When we experience his perfect love, Everything he has comes with it because he's love. So all of his provision, all of his health, all of his joy. So it's so fun if you can just experience his love. And I know it's hard for some of us, um, but I would just tell you, what, where do you feel the most loved? You know, for me, what I, I love to do is, um, oh man, I love to go to the Yankees game on a date with my wife is actually what I love to do. 
And God's all in that. I promise you, it's like the most glorious thing to me. And I, I just like, God, life is good. But uh, for me, what I like to do is I love music. And so a lot of times I'll just, I'll put some good music on if I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to study and find you. And I can't find you in this book and see how hard I'm working. He's like, you're wearing me out. Stop. I just want to have fun with you. And so that's where I like to put on music. But whatever it is for you, where do you feel the most loved? And if you can start to feel the most loved and remind yourself, gosh, he's always loved me. There's, I'm the spotless bride. He would do anything for me. You start to experience all of it. So it's pretty cool because the things you aren't even praying for will experience because everything he has is yours. And so I'm trying to get you to the place where you are versus I'm trying to become or I'm trying to ask for God for something. And we're in union with him and he says, we are one. Everything I am is you. So if we just focus on how much he loves us, isn't the scriptures all over that? Guess what? Everything comes with it. That's what I'm trying to get for you. And so I just want to, as we go through this, I just, um, this Joseph Prince uh, provision promises, I just picked this up the other day. Um, and uh, just this first one, I thought this is cool because this sums up everything to me. Do not worry. Easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> Do not worry. Most of us are pretty good at being a worry word. And guess what we experience? Most of the time it's not even real, but we, if, we, if we believe these things are going to happen, even if they don't, we, st- we still experience it. And it's hell on earth, isn't it? What if this happens and what if that happens? And, and so he, do not worry. Three simple words mentioned three times by our Lord Jesus as he taught on not worrying about the necessities of life. Jesus really doesn't want us to worry about our needs. My friend, it's the Lord himself assures you that your heavenly Father knows that you need all things. He wants to provide them. So if you're facing a pressuring need today, or seeing a lack in a certain area, take heart. Don't be discouraged. Your Heavenly Father knows all about it. He's more than willing to meet that need because He loves you. Beloved, you have a good Father, that's what we were just singing about, who cares deeply about you and will provide for every one of your need. So don't worry. Cast every care to Him now and be at rest, knowing He will abundantly provide. Isn't that beautiful? So that's what really is everything's about, is, is experience His love and everything He has comes with you. You'll see that the, the darkness, whether it's lack of health, lack of money, it'll fade away. It's a fascinating thing. You're not even praying about it. You're focusing on how much he loves you and reminding yourself that he will take care of all of my needs. I'm not even to do any evil, which is laborious work. That doesn't mean don't show up to work on Monday. That means you show up to work whistling, going, hallelujah, Lord, you're in me and I'm in you, and uh, everything I need is going to provide, and he'll work through you. It'll be fascinating. So you guys get that, right? A lot of people think, well, that doesn't work. No, he wants you to work. He wants you to work, but he wants you to do it as a ministry, as service to people. And if you just love other people, it's fascinating what happens back to you. Because you, the more you experience love and you love others, guess what? When you water, he himself is watered, is what it says. You find everything works out. Let me experience that. When you just stop worrying and go, you know what, Lord, you got this thing. And I'm going to focus on how much you love me, and everything will work out. Right? You guys get it? Okay, a little review. Uh, and I'll be quick. Somebody, yeah, I will. Promise. What's the, okay, 15 minutes. How about? I'll, be, I'll set a record. Good? Promise <laughs> is looking at her thing like never happened. Okay, now you challenge me. You don't understand. I'm pretty competitive. Barb's like, can you play ping pong not competitively? No. Can't we just golf? No, because I suck at it, and I'm not willing to be good at it, and I'm not willing to be bad at anything. There's no way. There's no. It's, it's not good for our marriage. So <laughs> any competitive like me, she knows that too. I remember one time, way back when, it's just, we were playing crud. Remember that? She smashes into me, and I'm like, all right, game on. So uh, that's not good 
for your marriage, let me just tell you that. So I was probably on the couch that night, but anyway, I deserve to be if I was. All right, Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It's past tense. Every, all of heaven's resources are already yours. That's what he's saying. Got it? So whatever you need, um, that's why Jesus in the Lord's Prayer says, hey, pray for what's in heaven to be here. Bring heaven down to earth. How do we do it? It's spiritual. So what we believe in our heart is what we create. Follow me? All right. So just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This is a challenging thing for most of us because we grew up as evangelicals. But when were we found in Christ? Before creation, his idea was you were already in me. So before the quote-unquote fall, you were in Christ. Is that an awesome thing, actually, when you think about it? Now, evangelical ministries don't like that a whole lot because then what are we doing? I go, you still should evangelize, but you should share the good news and love people. We don't have to get them in or out because a lot of times they try to get them in. If they, don't, if they don't say the magic words, then they reject them. And it's easier just to love them. Because if they've seen love, guess who they've seen? They've seen Jesus face to face because he's operating through you. You're the body, guys. So when they see you, they see Jesus face to face when you're loving people, compassionately without anything else. So before the foundation of the world, you were found in him, having predestined us to adoption as sons. Here's that son thing. What he's trying to show us out of a Jewish mind is you are in the Father's house. Everything the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have is yours for free, and you can participate in that love relationship having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It was his idea. His idea. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Is that good or is that good? That, that can't get any more clear. So this is just a quick reminder. Like I said, before creation, we were placed in Christ. Uh, we've always been his son. We've always been perfectly loved. We weren't in or out. It's the unveiling. I, I don't deny that a lot of us have had a salvation experience, which was really interesting is because I remember when we, when we quote unquote got saved, people would ask you when you got saved. And I, I never knew, did I? I was like, I've, I think I've always been in. Even then, I was like, I can't give you a date because I've always felt like God loves me. And I'm in this deal. He had to be because you should see how I grew up. So I knew, I knew, I knew that I'm like, I don't know, because everybody, if you don't know the date you're saved, you're probably not saved. I'm like, I'm probably more healed than you, I think, because you're worried about whether you're in or out. And I'm, I just always felt like I was in. Anybody believe that? It's true. So um, the only place we've ever been separated, what it says in Colossians, is in our mind. It says sin separated us from God, never God from us. In, in, our, in our mistaken identity, he was there. He's always been there. And we just have to unveil it. So once people see what's always been true about themselves, they can have this experience where they start to experience life. And a lot of you would call, oh, that's when I was born again or saved. And, and I'll challenge you on that too. That's kind of an interesting thing. So um, we don't have to fight or work for all of heaven's resources. They've been given to us before the foundation of the world. His idea was for us to have a relationship, a marriage relationship with him or a fatherly relationship with him or a love relationship where we can, oh Lord, just, and you know what's really cool, guys? If you go, uh, I get it. Some of you guys want to punt on third, and you're just going, I'm trying so hard, Lord. I would just challenge you, stop trying. You don't have to read. You don't have to pray. You don't have to do anything. Like I said, put some music on. Feel loved. However you feel the most loved, and I promise you, you'll start to manifest everything that heaven has. Doesn't that seem simple? 
It's really pretty simple. So what, when we can see what's always been true about us, we begin to experience it. That's, that's the reality. All right, so next slide. And uh, like, again, just some reviews. So Ephesians 4.2, this is how we're supposed to deal with people. With all loneliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, that's patience, bearing with one another in love. So love, does it keep a record of wrong? No. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is challenging. I finally got it. There's one body. There's one spirit. So you all, you all, you all agree with this, if typically if you grew up in church, that we are the body of Christ, right? You guys cool with that? You, you're familiar with that scripture? Okay. Then Paul says in Ephesians, but there's only one body in all the universe. Uh-oh. And who's outside the body? There's only one body. Because he sent with all loneliness and gentleness, love everybody, because what you're going to find is there's only one body. And that's why Jesus says, hey, if you've done it to the least of these, who have you done it to? To him. And he's talking a lot of times to the Jews, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, etc., who wouldn't even walk any distance to go help the Samaritan. Right? And he's correcting them. And he says, if you even do it to the Samaritan, you do it to me. Why, how can we do it to him? Because every person in the face of the world is one body. As we do it to him, that person, the, the least of these, we're doing it to him. Because there's one body. You guys get it? It's pretty cool, actually. Now you go, you know what? We, should, uh, we call ourselves Christians. We should act like it. <laughs> That'd be good, right? And that's, <laughs> and that's why, uh, uh, I forget who it was the other... I've, heard, I've said this a couple times too, but uh, I think it was Baxter Kruger actually. Um, one of the very first things that he does with Paul Young, if you go look at it, he goes, hey, the gospel is not accepting Christ into our life. He's holding your life together. The gospel is this amazingly wild reality that he's included us in the relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit union. And as soon as we can see that, we start to experience it. And that's where, how do they see it? They see it through us. They see it through the body a lot of times. Or if we're compassionate to people, if we, if we love people, if we help people that are totally different from us, which now I don't have to look at every, anybody else. It, it takes the pressure off completely where, you know, if you've grown up in any kind of youth camp, it's like the blood is on your hands if you don't evangelize. Now I can go, God, Lord, there's one body and love never fails. Consume them with your all-consuming fire, which is your love. Burn up all the wrong beliefs these people could have so they can experience what I experience this love relationship with you. You can relax and love people. You guys get it? That's what he's trying to say here. With long-suffering, with patience, love people. And they have a bond of peace. Our, our unity, our bond is shalom. Everybody's in this one with Jesus. There's one body, one spirit. Just as you were called in the hope of your calling, that surname, there's only one family. There's only one surname. Like we call our surname Popovich, but whatever your, your surname is. But he said, in reality, there's only one surname. All are children. Every nation, every, every tongue. So there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. How many of you guys have argued about baptisms? Holy smokes, man. Well, you weren't baptized in the spirit yet. So then when I can go, now I have everything. It's bizarre, actually. Now when I look back, I go, who taught me this stuff? Anyway, um, and I see a lot of people doing that. I have nothing wrong with that. I, think, I just think there's a higher way to live than, than the gifts. 
there's a highway to live to the gifts. Like, what if you don't need the gifts? And you can just participate with him. And you're in union with him. Isn't that better? I think it is. Now, there's nothing wrong with the gifts. But the gifts are not... The gifts are gifts. It's not the relationship. If I give my wife a gift, um, it's not me. It's the union we're after, ultimately. So the gifts are things to go, here's how much I love you, but I think there's a better way to live where you don't need the gifts, actually. Is you're one with him. When you more than realize that everything he has, I have, then I don't need the gift. I've got him. Right? You know, maybe you don't need to agree with me or not. But anyway, there's one baptism. And that's what Paul says, too. There's one baptism over and over and over. So, and baptism simply means immersion. And what he says is, baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does that actually mean? See, a lot of people don't realize when he was saying that, it's on a Sabbath. And he, he, there's no way he's going to get 3,000 Jews who can only walk so far down to the river to get into water. So he's talking about something else. Because that would have been work, honestly. So he's talking about something very different. What is he talking to him? Be baptized in the surname of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be immersed in the truth that you're in him. You guys get it? Now, if we want to put you in water, no problem. But the water has nothing to do with your being healed or saved or not. It, it, a lot of people experience it because they're, they're taught the correct thing. Hey, this is symbolic of your death, that if one died, all died. But if one lived, then we were in him and we all live. So now we get to experience his life. So I have no problem putting any of you in water, but there's only one. And it's the immersion in his name. Got it? Okay. So... Oh, God, that's going to get me in trouble already. I can hear it. So, from everybody. God, thank you, Jesus. One God and Father who, who... One God and Father of how many? All, man. Who is above all, through all, and in you all. <laughs> That'll get thrown out of every elders meeting, but it's the truth. It's such a good gospel. You guys got it? So what he's trying to say is, there's only one belief that you need to believe. I'm in union with him. I'm surnamed with him. Everything the Father has, I has. So if Jesus was in your business, would it look pretty good? Then let's make it look good. It comes from a belief like that. Follow me? There's no pressure. It's just a, it's a revelation that, man, I'm going to wake up today and whatever I put my hand to shall prosper. Hallelujah. Because there's only one spirit. There's not blessing and cursing. There's just bless in the, in the new covenant in Christ. Right? And what if things go south? No worries. I wake up in the morning and go, you know what? It's going to get better because Jesus is my end. What if our health fails? It does for us sometimes too. What do we do? Thank you, Lord. This is not my end. I have the health of the healthy one. He's ultimate health and I have him. Father, just let me experience how much you love me and the health will come with it. The provision will come with it because there's only one spirit. Let's get it. Okay, how many guys know that in all this study after study after study, if kids feel loved, if, if, especially if little boys don't feel loved by a father, what happens? You get me. <laughs> Which was a mess. So I didn't have a curfew since I was six years old. But somehow I felt loved, which is radical. So, and I know a lot of you guys had terrible upbringings, etc. Your parents did the best with what they had. So we got to realize there's, there's somebody who loves us even more than our physical parents. Release all that and just go, there's somebody who loves me even more and just ask him to tangibly love you and he will do it. And all, everything will start coming. Everything with it. I'm not saying tomorrow, etc. where it's now. No, none of that garbage. Because now the, it's, we can do nothing. It says we're the branch. Branches produce the fruit, but where does the source come from? The vine. All we do is hang out 
in his love in the sun. See all the symbolism of that? And it says if any of our are dirty, it says he, he cuts them. A lot of things we have this. But it's the same word as raise up. And what's the, what's the vine thing? She grew up in a winery. What do they call that when they, when they put the wine branches on the trellises? That's actually what it means. It means if you feel dirty and et cetera, and you're not producing fruit, he will raise you up to get you exposed to the sun so you can produce fruit. He's not cut it because how it's translated a lot of times is it cuts you off if you're worthless and throws you in. And most of us feel that way sometimes, like, oh, I just suck. So I got five minutes, Rose. All right. Okay, next slide. All right, Matthew 6, 22. I'm just going to show you a few scriptures that say the exact same thing. The light of the body is the eye. So the light, if, if, if we're dark, we, we can't see things. That's what I was trying to say. This really isn't hard, but people struggle with these things. So if it's pitch black, how many of you guys have been in pitch black? It's hard to see. You trip and fall sometimes. Yeah, because we can't see clearly. So here's what he's saying. The light of the body is the eye. And that's just not your physical body. That's the whole body. That's all of us. So he says, if therefore, if thy eye be dual, single, it, the whole body shall be full of what? Light. So you're full of what? Everything he has. Because he's light and he's love. So when you can see you're one with the Father, you're one with the Holy Spirit, you're one with Jesus, the whole body will start to experience love and provision and everything that we need. You guys get it? So here's, Jesus is just saying the thing. But if the eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. And evil typically is, um, we think it's like this, uh, uh, how I understand it now is, is, is Paneros, usually what it is, and it's this laborsome toil where we have to be working to please God. And that's just called religion, right? That's what we've always said is religion just gets you to work for things that are free. And you know what it does? Because you can't become what you already are. You have to revelation that you already are all these things. You cannot become it by your good works, whether it's reading the Bible, praying, fasting. Look at all the things I do, because that's where we end up. If, if, and by God's grace, sometimes it works, and then we get prideful, right? And we'll explain how we did it. Oh, yeah, man, I fasted all this time. I laid hands on this person. They were healed. I've experienced more physical healings in people. Um, but here's the thing. If, if there's no physical healing... Does that show that they're any less loved? Not even close. And that's why I don't like, you know, if you had enough faith, like, just stop that. That's dualistic thinking. He's perfect love and light. And that's what we're supposed to focus on. So if your eye be single, not dualistic, that we can be separate. Um, but if your eye be full of works that, gosh, I need to be pleasing to God. I need to do this. And if I didn't do it right, then, then uh, uh, God now is going to bless me. I don't feel worthy. That's dualistic thinking. You guys starting to get the idea? Single means he blesses, he loves, he favors. He's just God, and he's good, and he loves me perfectly, and he'll never change. My behavior changes sometimes, but does his reaction to me change ever? Never. Boy, is that hard, isn't it? Because we think, God, you slug, you did it again. Still me, Polish kid from Iowa. Thank you, Lord. I believe, help my unbelief, and he always does. (laughs) It's so beautiful. So anyway... But if your eye be full of works, their whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore that light is the darkness, how great is that darkness? And you guys know the whole story here where he's saying, hey, consider the lilies of the field, the birds of the air. They don't toil or spin. They don't look for anything. They don't put in anything barns. But does God provide for them? That's what we need to get our eyes on. So take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or where shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, it actually says nations. I don't know why they put Gentiles. but um, 
Because even that translation now, when I read it Gentiles, my mind immediately goes, oh, dualistic. So the, the nations, for your heavenly Father knows you need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Added is passive tense. Passive tense means what? It happens to me. We hang out like the branch and let him do his thing. So when we focus on singleness, every needs provided, every health challenge is taken care of if it needs to be. Everything I ever have, I'm loved, I'm blessed. Whether it happens, doesn't happen, it doesn't separate me from his love. And then we start to experience the kingdom. The kingdom, a lot of people is like, take authority and all this stuff. No, no, no. It, it's really, is, it let, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. In fact, most of the guys trying to take authority, I've never seen a joy in their bone. Um, they're angry and ticked off. and I'm taking authority. I'm like, wow. Want to go to O'Malley's? <laughs> you need a good stiff drink right now is what you need. So uh, can I say that? <laughs> so I just did it. All right, 715. This is probably a good time to end. But uh, you get it? Seek ye first the kingdom. His righteousness. Righteousness means kalasa. We're equal with him. Is we're equal with him. Shalom, peace is shalom. Everything he has, I'm, I'm whole. I'm whole with him. Everything he has is one. And joy. If you know you have everything, you can be joyful, can't you? And Paul says, whether it's happening right now, not happening right now, we learn how to base, we learn how to bound. Keep your eye on him. Let it be single, and you will experience the kingdom. I promise you. Darkness doesn't fight with light. So let's go to the last slide. So the Father does not... Oh, okay, yeah, let's go here. I, I, skipped, a, I skipped one. So... We've all know this, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many guys when you're a little kid going, why wouldn't I want him? I remember I had to read my fourth grade Sunday school. I remember this so clearly, Mrs. DeBoer. So I had to learn Psalm 23. And again, I waited till the last minute. So, and I remember reading that as a fourth grader going, why would I not want him? I didn't realize it was lack. So you shall not lack anything. We have no lack, no limitation. Everything's been provided for. Isn't that what Ephesians says? Before the foundation of the world, you were found in my family. You were in me. And there's one family. There's one body. There's one spirit. I blessed you with everything that you would ever need. So 1 John 4, 17. You've all heard this one too. Here is our love made complete, perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Judgment is not, we think like we're going to go stand the judgment seat of Christ. It's actually, the, it means crisis. It means when something happens to us where it doesn't look like we're experiencing the kingdom, there's a crisis. Uh-oh, now what? And he says, keep your eye on me. Keep your eye on me. Don't look at the, the crisis. Because here's why. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. It literally means when you focus on how much he loves you, all the darkness that was really nothing to him fades away. And that's why it's called effortless. You guys get it? All right, get to your feet. I missed it by two minutes, Rose, but I was pretty good. Right? Still love me? All right. Oh, Father, hope people get this, that we're one with you. There's one spirit, there's one body, there's one name, everything that we could ever need. We don't have to stress for a thing has already been provided for us. So, Father, we just cast our cares on you. Just let us experience your love, your light, your perfection, your joy like we've never experienced it before. Let it get deep in our heart like a seed so that it starts to produce effortlessly in our lives. So, Father, I just thank you that you know sickness is nothing to you. Lack is nothing to you. Lack of joy, depression is nothing to you. Just overwhelm them and consume them with your love and everything they're ever going to need, you say, I am. So the great I am we're one with. So if they need anything, you say, I am. So Father, we thank you that you love us that much. 
We just thank you for victory in people's lives where they don't have to worry, they don't have to stress. You provide everything. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.